Hi everyone and welcome to the Career Uninterrupted podcast. A place where we sit with some of the best and brightest minds to explore the changing landscape of careers and what this means for the future of work. I'm your host Lochan Narayanan, founder and CEO of Off Experiences, a pioneering platform that equips and enables mid-career professionals to thrive through career transitions. I have with me an amazing lovely person Niharika Rajiv who is a founder who is an investor who's also a woman leader who has done different things transitioned to different roles herself and we're going to talk a little bit more about it with her today so Niharika thank you so much so so much for being here today and for giving us time thank you for being here once again Thank you Lochan it's an absolute pleasure and I think it's uh, I will have to just call out Lochan on the fact that uh, thank you so much for doing this for all of us I wish when I was going through my career we had something like this you know speaking to your career being uninterrupted truly irrespective of whatever path you take and uh, I'm just happy to be here and it's lovely chatting with you after so so very many years and you know it's just still the same vibe and you're still shining so happy to be here wonderful Thank you so much and you know thanks for bringing that out and I think that's one thing that our podcast is focused on to just bring these conversations to life normalize career transitions ensure that whatever we are doing our careers remain uninterrupted but before we before I get into that all of that how I mean we spent time back in campus we have had some really really amazing times then but what's been your journey from there till now so it's the journey of a lifetime truly but um i'll i'll try to encapsulate it so it's been fun you know i mean as you know we were both at imt gaziabad and just sort of um a step before that was my my undergrad was in sociology so coming to business school from a sociology background or a social sciences background back in the day you were an aberration right you are anyways it was very interesting trying to make people understand what is it that i had studied and i think i myself was not really sure uh, what it was but it was definitely something that gave me a different perspective and while in business school you know one of the things i look in hindsight was to me that seemed odd but i wish i had owned it better as a usp which is what it sort of played out to be later on in life uh, because post imt you know i stood i took the you know i was a marketing major so said you have to do the holy trifecta of sales product and then brand right so brand was the holy grail i i wanted to be a brand manager and and so i started off with sales in what i thought was white collar sales with uh, you know wealth management at the time in financial services and then did it for a bit realized it wasn't really cut out for me at the time i mean like a great profession but it wasn't a fit for me at the time and then i said okay let me get more onto the product side so again i was very fortunate and an alum of ours uh, manik nangya you know he's done really well for himself in financial services but he was kind enough to take me under his wing when i wasn't sure what i needed to do and taught me everything i think i know so you know a call out to the mentors out there that we have he's definitely one of them and um, i learned product uh, in financial services did some training and then moved to brand and i thought that's it i've i'm done i'm sorted you know whatever making all these really cool presentations campaigns rebranding and then suddenly you know i i have this you know personal life i in all of this i had forgotten about, about my personal life and my parents were kind enough to do the knock knock and remind me so you know hey what about this huh? so you know from there on um, 
the personal life took over and because of that i i transitioned to the us and you know that was again a big change and i think i was ready at the time i i had proven to myself that i i could do brand i think that was something that was important to me as an individual to understand um and be okay with and then when i moved to the states i realized i did some pro bono work initially the visas weren't helpful but then uh, post that i said okay let's do another mba because i realized whatever i learned in my first i did not remember any of it and there was no context because we were 20 year olds right i think even you were younger than that i think you were one of the youngest in our class so you know if you don't have context to your theory then you are not able to retain or apply it right so this time round you know i was in a little bit in my later 20s and i said now i know and then so i went back to business school and i said i want to do management consulting this time and then i was uh, the universe was kind enough i i did intern at mckinsey in atlanta now uh, which was again i had proven to myself that i could i do this right you know you case and you sort of plan for that but then when i was there you know life has got its own plans i i didn't realize i was expecting and i um, so i was expecting while in business school and um, i did my internship in my second trimester and i was working 12 to 14 hour days again you know, i was trying to be like really like you know i i can do this and this and that and, and and there are women who do this and way more right but for me i you know there came a point when something happened you know from a medical perspective and i and i realized that what if something goes wrong right because i was pushing myself so much and that was just a break point for me i said i can't do this at least this not a lifestyle can't work for me now because of whatever stage i am in personally so again you know even though i had it right in front of me i decided to then go the more what's a good um work life balance route and i went to dell computers um again i want to go shout out to them one of the best companies to work for amazing amazing work life balance i mean i i had i was able to raise my kid get a handle of myself and be very professionally fulfilled so you know a sociology undergrad wanting to do whatever whatever it was funny and then i ended up doing cyber security and you know this we had this conversation i used to categorically suck at it like it used to give me anxiety right i was like what is this you know i came from a time i'm i'm very old school still right people tell me let's this is on my calendar i'm like please whatsapp me it just it just still continues with my team this is shameful but it is such right and and here i was i was in the situation where i was leading global comms for cyber security so kudos to them for having that faith in me and i think i didn't completely fail you know we were able to achieve quite a lot there because again i think a fresh perspective came in you know not being a techie i tried to dumb down or simplify the communication which sort of helped us right and and yeah in in, in all of this i learned a lot and then within dell i moved but i i then i moved to a okay like a high pnl running role and that's when i was doing that again i realized is this what i really want and by the time my son was 4 years old right and i said you know what I, this is not fulfilling me and this can't be what life is all about so i decided to chuck it all and come back to india you know because but there you know the path was very good and and everything was great but somehow whatever something was missing and i i came back and um, it was crazy right you you're trying to move continents you move cultural change for your kid even though you had been coming back you're trying to get used to work here because it was 8 9 years that i was away and then i said you know what entrepreneurship is for me because i don't want to go back to corporate world i i've seen that that doesn't work for me and um, there was a passion that i had for the elderly and i said let me start something in geriatric care because i believe a lot is being done for children Uh, enough is also being done now for women but our elderly are still you know missed out right 
So I started that and, and a solopreneur, which is the stupidest thing I will clearly say was what I did. Um, so anyone hearing this, please never ever be a solopreneur if you if you can take on a team because I think the women have this misconception where we. I genuinely think it's not a bad thing, right? People also exalted you're a superwoman. It's like romanticized. So that's when I got got uh, connected to my now business partner Deeksha, and we started talking about it, and she was doing something about it in the space, and then. such was life you know i consulted a few startups and then we this conversation continued and then we ended up realizing that uh, you know i should maybe we should do something about it and hence nqb angel network which is now what i'm a part of wherein uh, we are an all women team in terms of all the partners are women um, our network is also heavily angel uh, oriented towards women so you know typically women in india investors were women are very few and far in between so we so we try to get more of that and then help female entrepreneurs we started out with that i think small idea that how do you get more women funded and funding ready because women are uncomfortable when it comes to numbers you know they get they're more conservative when they're presenting versus men who will come in and this is not definitely dissing on men it is just somehow subconscious cultural thing that we are conservative and the men will be you know more aggressive and when you're pitching right from an investor perspective the aggression is appreciated as confidence conservative aspect is like oh she's not sure of herself or this is not exciting now so i mean you know so anyway i think long story short but like that was like very detailed <laughs> however that's my story and the one thing i thought i would never do is um finance after it because in my second mba i used to skip all finance classes because i thought mujhe kaun sa hai banker banna hai I'm not going to go into high banking. I'm going to be a consultant, and here I am. Absolutely, I mean that that's such an incredible journey, right? Like I remember back on campus, the struggle with Excel sheets. and uh, you typically would say you know we didn't do excel in sociology you know why are we doing excel sheets and add from there to being an investor set you know running a whole network it's amazing because that's all you you you're doing right you're dealing with numbers day in and day out and that's such an amazing transitions so many transitions and that's such a such a beauty about your journey as well i'm just going to dive in a on a few more pieces right so so when you did move to the us did you kind of take a break from work and uh, for some time and then decided to do your mba how did that mba kida come about you know like no i when i moved um i thought hey you know i'm going to play house and 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 i did it for two three months but then i realized i was losing my mind you know it was i mean the place i was in was a small place outside in the pacific northwest right so not in the hub of center of things so i said i can't sit at home and my skill set will get rusty so i started doing pro bono work uh, with the healthcare system there because um, at the time marketing visas were not getting sponsored they had their own thing right you could be a stem person or a finance but and fair assumption right the understanding is marketing is cultural right so as a marketer how is it that you will understand what needs to be culturally done in this country so the the visa didn't come in i i did that for about a year you know pro bono work but then again after a point it was not satisfying i tried to in between do something where i was working with a with an organization in india and working ulta time so i used to work night in the us just because i was like i can't just not work right i don't know what to do with my time um and then when all of this was happening i said you know what if i'm going to stay here um i might as well do another you know another mba because i i, I want to do it in marketing right i can't i do not have the skill set to switch to finance or something else so i said you know what i mean it's okay and if if i have to do this then then i will do this and uh, 
at the time i assume that i'm going to stay long enough in the us or maybe the rest of my life so i said it's it's an investment let's go ahead and uh, and yeah that's how the sort of the mba came to be you know like you went into do mba in marketing you didn't got into management consulting but of course you know circumstances required you to kind of take up a different path how did cyber security happen so that's like a complete so so dell um so dell works on this beautiful format wherein um, at the time if you're coming in as a fresh management uh, i mean they don't call them management trainees right you're straight on the job but you're coming in straight from business school or what happens is that all the Uh, they have you know a committee of uh, executive leadership which looks at all the incoming inbound folks and uh, usually they get to pick now very very there was very generous of them and very fortunate for me because i think i had mckinsey on my resume the assumption was that i i was smart enough to do something like this and cyber security was the new thing right in 2015 it was still a small uh, pnl for dell but large margins and hence very uh, like high focus for them so they just uh, spoke to me asked me to do some casing uh, you know interview and after the mckinsey casing this seemed like a walk in the park i remember my dell interview and i i was i had just had my son i was one and a half weeks postpartum and giving this interview uh, yeah and i remember i told her you know if i am uh, fumbling cuz i was on morphine they had given me morphine pills for you know it was a c sec or whatever so i said you know it's that but uh, but thankfully it just happened and i think and i think like i just feel like dell is a very very kind organization and they gave me this opportunity and it was just a fit and uh, and yeah it it just flew from there uh, so definitely i mean i think the stars aligned and i learned a lot and from cyber security came my love for crypto because when i was there i started seeing crypto happening in 2000 or you know the terminologies popping up in ransomware in 2014 15 and that led me to sort of understand that world as well so i feel like the stars aligned there i have to ask you this a lot of women would right after childbirth would not want to go and give an interview right and and usually kind of take a step back and say okay let let me settle down so what was this of you know going in for an interview one and a half weeks after your child was born still recovering you know and still dealing in postpartum uh, blues are very very normal for you know f- for women post childbirth so what was that moment or what was really driving you there i i wish i could say it was something really like me something inside of me whatever but it was also a timing perspective because i was in second year by the time i had my son it was october and that's where the final placements were happening so i remember i mean i was not planning to go for an elective but my i was over my due date and um, i gave sat for an ey interview full 9 months ka pura 10 months plus and that evening i was getting induced so i did that in the morning then i went for an induction in the evening and then whatever one and a half week then i was whatever it took a while when i was there and once i was done i came back and i knew i had to sit and i spoken to dell and i see, so coming back to this one point i would say is this is just my imho but always network and you never know what and who you connect with where it sort of results because even before all of this i had connected with someone from dell just because i had heard it's a great place to work and austin's a great place to live so i had spoken to them before any of this so they were i think already sweet enough and kind enough to move things for me because i was having a kid and then when i when you know whatever this happened and um, they interviewed me it went well and i honestly didn't think of it much because it was a on call interview so it was not an in person one they just did a call and you know that time no zoom nothing they took me on a phone call for 20 minutes asked me a bunch of questions and and that was it right 
and for me it was also important because as a student on visa i also knew if i don't have a job and i'm out of here what's going to happen right amazing and what was going through you know the emotions that must be running when you finally decided okay this is it and and i'm not going to continue further um how did you deal with that emotional turmoil to be honest like i feel like i sometimes don't have much access to those emotions because i think subconsciously some defense mechanism shuts it out so i really don't remember what i was going through at the time like in complete honesty but i feel what i did was it was tough i mean it was a transition there's some frustration you know you feel like in hindsight if i could only go back right even still i think if i would go back i would tell that naharika please don't try to build out the perfect product right as an investor now i understand it i would i wish i had this perspective then but then you're emotionally attached of course of course comes you know you you're harsh on yourself because you feel like you're letting people down you're letting yourself down all of that but but eventually for me it was just like you know what it's it's taking away my peace and if it's taking away my peace is wrong what is this i'm a very um i won't say uh, selfish i think it's the wrong word and that's got negative connotations unfortunately but i have realized over the because i think i was able to take that decision in the us as well right i left a beautiful home a well paying job to come take this risk so i just realized whatever keeps me at ease makes me at ease is what i have to do and if that is what kept me at ease then then that's what i have to do and and i always go back to it the universe is larger than what we can imagine and expect and it's been very very kind to me and now the only thing that i follow in my life is what is it that makes me happy and keeps me at ease right and then if that means working then it's fine if it means not working that's also okay if it means two days working that's fine if it i mean currently at my role my my team's very supportive i'm very clear that pre lunch when my kid is at school is when i'm maximum available so i'll do all my calls 10 30 to like whatever time right 230 but then 230 to 4 is blocked out because that's the time i go pick him up i come back and in the evenings also i say i can't do any decks i can go on calls i can do internal team coordination but after 7 i'm not available and you we, we think that if we don't play by the rules then we'll suffer but it actually does is not that by putting ourselves in situations that are not happy for us we suffer like i feel like you create your own boundaries and once you start respecting your own boundaries and your own rules things around you will align and you will find if it's large enough and the world is abundant enough to make you find that place which is yours and you own it and then you'll realize what is it that you enjoy so i think that's how i approach it now no that's that's actually amazing because a lot of women especially and uh, post they've had a kid there's they're just so scared to ask for that flexibility and i i remember a friend of mine saying that once she had her kid she said okay 6 to 8 i'm not available 6 pm to 8 pm because i pick up my kid from the daycare and she was also a single parent she said i pick up my kid from a daycare and i'm not available and she blocked out that time in the calendar so she said in the beginning i myself was restless because i was like oh i'm not available you know because that's usually the time when i catch up with my team or go with them for a cup of coffee and stuff like that and when i set that boundary and i respected that boundary i didn't take calls i didn't answer emails my team started to respect and it just grew out so if you know they started supporting and saying hey you know what she is not going to be available between 6 and 8 and you know so let's do things in the other time period that she's there so absolutely right i think the fact that you need to also set your boundaries and that's one one of the things that 
as women i think we are terrible at you know in general personally and professionally to you know create that space for ourselves as well so i know you briefly mentioned this so your association with incubay angel investors angel network what's the vision what's the you know where are you planning to take this if at all you're planning to take this somewhere <laughs> you know or it's just uh, how are you how are you visualizing this and envisioning this so such an interesting question because i think your vision i i wish i was one of those people and and i'm going to take the liberty to speak for the team here because of course it's not just me it's the other partners but you know your vision keeps evolving right so we started off with the central theme of diversity and inclusion which is having enough female founders and supporting them which which we're so so happy to see now with esg goals coming in on diversity right the larger funds are pushing for it and what we can say with pride is you know you want a kid in 10th grade that's a series a right i said the kid has to go from nursery to 10th grade we are the ones who take them till there so if you don't have enough input at this point and you don't support them they won't there won't be enough of them in 10th grade right and then that's a and that's a different battle that these guys will have so so that's what we started off with and uh, then on top, top of that the other layer came in was getting more women to invest because i i truly believe financial empowerment is truly empowering and financial empowerment is not i'll be a little harsher and take the liberty to say it's not getting a salary that's not financial empowerment you're working for that money financial empowerment is when your money is working for you those are different things right people think that's wealth creation it's not wealth creation wealth creation is a different thing and that's when it grows by multi fold and you know assets are created but your money should be working because otherwise your time is money and there is only so much time and hence you'll only ever make so much right and honestly it's a very empowering thing to take the decision on what you where you should invest if you are a smart woman making enough money trust me you're as smart as the guy who can just take those decisions you don't have to seek validation from anyone else uh, because it's faith in yourself right it's in your own ability to make that decision so that's where we sort of added the layer of getting more women to angel invest because still it's a new it's called an alternate asset class thanks to pop culture and things that are happening on in media the startup ecosystem has become very normalized versus what it was 2 3 years back and and so even angel investments and valuations and such conversations in uh, technical terms are becoming more and more common but that's the second part but our vision coming back to what we said so we started with that um, but i think what we are adding to that is one more layer is supporting entrepreneurs from tier 2 tier 3 india which is we at the end of the day tier 1 cities you can only make so much for india which i feel is the tier 1 cities i in my mind have it categorized as india and bharat and bharat is your tier 2 cities and that's the big chunk of the iceberg right so, so entrepreneurs from there and and both women and men so the idea is to promote the right talent and we'd want nqb angel network to be that so typically what happens in the investing world is there's a deal you know this right you've gone through um, an entrepreneur comes they pitch and now things are different because i keep telling entrepreneurs capital is cheap you will raise one way or the other that's not a question the question is who is it that you want to partner with so i we want to be the partner of choice um i would say for diversity founders for founders from smaller towns who want to have that large vision and help not just get them the capital but the network and mentorship that is required to take them to the series a b to those large international vcs at that level because that's a different ball game right so you you help coach so if i may i would i we would like our, we would like to be that coach of choice by all that next generation of entrepreneurship that's coming in the country as a woman investor and as a woman founder how open is this ecosystem right like do you do you still feel that you have to 
jostle your way through and you know like push a few people around to just get your voice heard or is this evolving where is this ecosystem right now no i think right now it's much better than what it was i i feel like a lot of initiatives are being taken especially from a diversity perspective there are large tech players who have come out with women accelerators women focus cohorts so there's a lot that's happening in the ecosystem i'm not sure if the information is getting percolated down to the last person because when we do speak female entrepreneurs they're not sure what's happening so i think there's a lack of information download but a lot is happening so i can definitely speak that the cogs of the wheels are moving you know it's it's about sort of utilizing what's out there and so hence honestly i think this is there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur i truly truly believe that whether whether it's societal acceptability and excitement actually genuinely people are excited if you own oh, it's a startup it's 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 the cool thing now so it's just the same thing it's the way the people perceive it has changed and i think that's beautiful the second part is that the government is supporting it thoroughly with atal incubation center so many grants are out there you know i tell a lot of people you're so fortunate because grants help you non dilutive equity and um, it it's the runway to learn and fail right it's where you get to fail and learn otherwise equity to fail is very difficult you you know that right i mean investors are of course uh, holding you accountable but a grant is not so so i think that's that's wonderful both at a state level as well as a national level there, there are lots of opportunities so please try to utilize those resources to the maximum um and yeah like i, I think it's a great great time to be a part of this ecosystem investor founder enabler whatever you know so what all do you do you know either in your personal or professional capacity to support this ecosystem and i would broaden this to say you are somebody who comes from a very non linear career path yourself right so you are not the you're not the iit iim and then i went to mckinsey and then i worked there for 10 years and i became an investor so you're not that route you're you know completely different uh, path yourself a woman and therefore the diversity element too so looking at both aspects what do you do both in your personal and professional space and capacity to support this professionally of course through the network like i said we um, we work a lot with female entrepreneurs we coach them and that's the difference i feel we as a network and female partners strive to deliver i mean you know i think our, our portfolios would be more uh, companies would be more fair in giving that uh, feedback but what we try to do is not just a yes or no right we see pitches we try to coach them a lot even you know you and i discuss we're going to be at an event together next week part of what we're doing there and you know in case this goes live before that is a shout out is all female founders are welcome to send in their decks me and my partner will actually go through every single deck and give personalized feedback on your deck and then we are going to take a session as to what is a pitch ready deck and unfortunately a lot of people say why there's so much focus on the deck is it's the it's the calling card it's like a visiting card right so investors like to make things easy for themselves and it's a format that works for us so just it's standardized and hence you need to know how to optimize it to tell your story and still stand out so it's playing by the rules so that's sort of that's what we do on a um, from a work basis so more mentorship coaching along with getting the capital and sort of building that um in a personal capacity i um absolutely adore working with colleges i'm a big uh, daddy's girl and like sort of a big fan of my father he's he's is one of the most brilliant kindest men i've ever met and um, he went to iit delhi so when i was invited there i said you know what like this feels so great but no of course extremely humble humbling and i'm i'm very fortunate i got the opportunity but 
I love working with startups out of colleges. I think um, you know the students have brilliant tech ideas. They don't know how to run a business. It's a very different thing, right? As an investor, or if you're looking to raise capital um, or grow a business, you know need to know how to run a business. The GTM, the monetization. That's where I think I love to work, and that's all pro bono, right? I mean, it's just giving back. I wish I always think I wish someone had done this for me. And so you know what? And and you know what? If I'm in the op- in that position to help in whichever way or give some perspective then i should i i owe that and so yeah i i try to do that um and uh, i think that's 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 about it but i think that's so many of us right so it nothing that i'm doing is very far removed from anything that anybody else is doing and i think we're all just trying to give back in whichever way yeah i can say this for sure that because i was back in college of business studies i had some in my view some great ideas which actually turned out to be uh profitable businesses today oh, wow <laughs> you know? oh so had I... that can you name one this is very exciting so i actually even back then i wanted to build something which is a very innovative daycare support space and uh, a lot of that idea actually got into how clay you know their daycare etc started in some way so i didn't make it it was just one of those hey i could have been that person you know i could have that could have been me so had i got like mentors like yourself i think i would have had the confidence to do so but back then you were so unsure you know start the right path was to do an mba the right thing was to go and do a job first and get your hands dirty and so on i mean i don't regret any bit of what i've done but um yeah i mean i i think students today are way way more fortunate to you know get this kind of support so good thank thanks for doing this for my alma mater and supporting them for sure just last couple of thoughts that are there so at off experiences what we are focused on doing is to create this kind of an ecosystem where we normalize career transitions we are saying okay hey you know what you don't have to stick to a path to really succeed and the the part that you also mentioned is if you are not at ease how are you going to create you know ease around yourself right especially if you're not at ease how are you going to be a you know parent well and and give back to your loved ones in the right way but what do you think is actually needed to build this ecosystem what more there's already been you know work being done in different forms manners but what's missing from this ecosystem what else can be done to build this such a good question i mean i i think of course i'm i'm so glad you are doing what you're doing cuz even i think we talked about it while it's been focused on a certain gender right women have a tendency to go through this more because of the physical changes that happen you know especially motherhood and certain times life stage changes when moving due to whatever getting married and still the norm is you know it's it's one individual has to move so whatever i mean with with all of that in mind but even men right i, I think honestly i feel uh, companies have started or organizations have started normalizing it right i mean uh, and they are accepting of it right so taking a sabbatical is no longer an issue taking a mental well-being day is no longer an issue you know or it's, it's totally acceptable and and almost i won't say appreciated but completely accepted but i think what needs to happen in the ecosystem if if i can and i don't know if it's already happening is getting the people affected being okay with it right like we said so it's it's your when your friend similar right she had that issue that what if people think or what will people think but when she drew that line people were okay with it so when you own it whether you call it owning it call it being at ease 
I think those conversations at an individual level need to happen so people can raise their hand and actually say, "This is what I need and this is what I feel." Right, and so so that aspect is honestly more individual than organizational because I think if you raise it to an organization, most organizations will be okay, but that individual has to jump that hurdle to raise their hand. Right, so. i will definitely say talk to more groups to know that it's okay to say this you know no one's going to judge you first of all second of all you define your own boundaries if you think it's okay then everyone will eventually think it's okay right i mean i used to initially be embarrassed about the fact i won't say embarrassed but a little awkward you know my son would sometimes come, jump in on my call cuz you're doing all these investor calls and you're doing them from home right a lot of them now i'm just like guys my kids say you want to say hi and you know they'd be like hi and then you probably sit in for one minute and and then he leave right and and so it's not a big deal it's it's like your pet or it's or even if it's your family then why not because i do have a family and so do most of the other people right and i genuinely um have realized that some of the startups are actually pretty cool they'll come and start saying hi to my kid and the next time they'll have a conversation it gets more personal just beyond transactional because they'll be like you know how's viraj doing and how is he and, you know we saw him so that's how you build that thing and now it's just such an integral part of everything that i do and that's one aspect the other fact that i don't take calls after evening people say you don't come out i'm like won't work you know if you want to meet me even my friends understand that it's drawing that line and owning it and then some days it's okay i love my kid but then then i'm like you know what i want to be out so i have to also be okay with the fact that you know i'm not putting him to bed tonight right so it's it's that so i just feel like we all go through that day, those days and and those hours when we don't we question but i will definitely say please be happy in who you are because that's the best and authentic version of yourself and and speaking about it is totally okay like and and telling people what is important to you is totally okay and trust me the world understands way more than you right know. right and the minute you respect it yourself i think everyone starts to respect it it's it's like that one friend of yours who let's say is vegan maybe the first couple of times you you know laugh at that person and then next you will make sure that you actually cook vegan food for that person because you you know they are sticking to their uh, you know what they truly believe and how they want to live it's it's those choices they're making all right my last question so as we bring this to a close any key takeaways or learnings that you want to leave with our listeners something you know like niharika quote says i <laughs> i wish i had a niharika quote damn now i feel like i'm so old but i don't have any quotes but anyone who you think is looking you know you think that they have it all together it's like a duck so right they look calm but everyone's paddling stuff and and so don't get overwhelmed by you know everybody else has it together and i don't it's never like that you just never know i, I think it's said enough but a lot of times we get very oh my gosh you know i'm the only one going through shit or i don't have it together that's not fair the second part is never say never i think that's the one thing because i realized in my life never say never is just turned out so never say never and truly believe that this is a little philosophical but i i'm a big believer in this i think our human imagination is very limited i know not every, we can't sometimes even foresee our own paths and the universe is very kind so if you just allow it to come to you the path just keep happening and you know um, and go with the flow and like i said for me the central theme is being at ease and i know you're a practicing buddhist so in that it's it's the middle path and the middle path is the middle path because it's ease you do not have to be one extreme or the other right so wherever you feel comfortable when some people call it go with the flow just just do that and try to follow that and you will realize that everything else just aligns and falls in place and 
and be open to that and change is scary but change is also beautiful so thank yeah. you so much those that that's actually lovely and i do i think after years of struggle i have finally accepted to never say never <laughs> because whatever i've said i will never do it i have ended up doing all of those through my life as well so yes no, but thank you so much for being here and uh, i can't thank you enough for having this conversation and bringing in some some of these interesting perspectives your journey is amazing very inspiring and what you're doing to you know towards the ecosystem in your own way is really something that i think a lot of us can pick out pieces from and learn from so thank you once again for this career uninterrupted podcast is brought to you by off experience a pioneering platform that equips and enables mid career professionals to thrive through career transitions across life stages 